everybody, and welcome to another new edition of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you doing today? Sir Alan of the Roundtable, I'm doing excellently. Thank you very much. It's we'll a, be the judge of that. It's a pleasure to be here. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm glad to be here as well. I'm always glad to be here. They say if you wake up alive, that's a good day. Whatever. I mean, it sounds like a low <laughs> bar, but, you know, it's hard to argue with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, worst days. You know. When 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 you're uh, when you're the the on-air talent like we are, you know, life is is br- bristling bit, yeah. with uh, glee and, and happiness. Of course, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you're here, Mark. <laughs> 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 well, speaking of today, we're here to talk about episode twenty from season five, Jerry's retirement. <sighs> yeah, it, it's not as bad as you think. Nah. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see when we get into yeah. it. So. Today's episode is a runtime of 21 minutes and 34 seconds, our standard edition, no producer's cut. All right. Wow. Yeah, we're going to have to give you like a shot of pep or something today. So um, maybe Harvey can help us with that. I heard he's here today. Hey, Harvey. Can you? I don't care. Look, he's got more energy than you do. What's going on? Like, don't, don't stop waving around and stuff. You're acting all energetic, and it's just not. He's like the Energizer Bunny today. All it's right, crazy let me looking. take a sip of my delicious, delicious Diet Dr. Pepper. See if I can get some. There pep. you go. Thank you. Drink Diet Dr. Pepper, our sponsor today. <clears throat> so anyway, we're here to talk about Jerry's retirement. This episode first aired on. April 18th. Wait, wait, that sounds familiar. 2013. Wait, uh, that's right. Our last episode, Article 2, also aired on that same day. That's right. It was it was a back-to-back. It was a back-to-back, as yep. they say. And uh, there was a community, office repeat, Parks, Parks, and Hannibal. Wow. So we got the 9 and the 9.30 slots that week. Hmm. So kind of interesting. I'd forgotten about Hannibal. Yeah. Hannibal's, uh, yeah, which, you know, with uh, Mads Madsen. Mads, Mads. Mads Madsen. Are you having a stroke? Should we no. call somebody? No, that's his name, isn't it? Like six times in a row? No, I don't think so. <laughs> just two of them. <laughs> I was just trying to convince myself what his last name was for All a second. Right. So you win. Okay. <laughs> he, If you've seen Casino Royale, he's the guy with the, the bloody tears. Oh, him. He's an amazing actor. I really yeah, like he him, is. Actually, so. He needs he's to cut down guy, his too. name a little bit, but uh, he's I'm, an I'm amazing gonna actor. I'm going to work on it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll work with him. But. Today's episode, speaking of other people, today's episode was directed by Nicole Hall of Center, and this is her third of four that she ultimately directed. Uh, she will know her from uh, shows like Enlightened, One Mississippi, Mrs. Fletcher, uh, with Katherine Hahn, also another uh, Parks and Rec and Marvel person. Right. And then uh, she has a feature coming out, or actually just came out in January, really well rated, called You Hurt My Feelings. Um, this has got uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus in it, and uh, I think it's uh, 8.1 on IMDb and 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, wow. So High praise. High praise, good reviews. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Let's get back to today, though, and this episode was written by our buddy Norm Hiscock. Oh, we like him. We like him a lot. And, and sadly, though, actually, t- technically, it was co-written by Norm and Aisha. Mm. So uh, Aisha Marar. That's correct. We also like. Who we also like. And uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to her one of these days. But this is 10 of 10 for Norm. And I think he probably had technically more like 13 or 14 if you look at the co-writes or whatever. But um, but this is his last episode. Truly he, his he's last. He's doing some other stuff at this point. He was. But, and I have some notes on that later. Hmm. As usual, I reached out to Norm and I said, hey, Norm, Aww. one last time. 
and I was a little bit sad when I did it. Yeah. I, I, I truly told him that we're 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 kind of sad that you know this. It, he's been super generous. We he had him on the show, and he I think at least what five or six times now we've kind of said, hey, this episode we're about to do one of your episodes. What, what do you remember? And he's always kind enough to write back and, and he responded share. very yeah. very so, cool. So we we just actually did that yesterday. So I'll, I'll share a few of those notes in our breakdown later. But um, yeah, always appreciate Norm and. Uh, you know, told him we're looking forward to what he does next. Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Mark, why don't you get us into our synopsises and we'll get into the meat of this episode. All right. Synopsises incoming. I broke this sucker down into three storylines. Yay. You're, you're doing well lately. Victory. Yeah. yeah I like right. that. Mission like accomplished. That. Yeah. All right. Uh, my, my A story is entitled One Last PBJ. I like it. Oh. Ben has talked Leslie into taking a very rare day off and spending it with him. However, when they learn Jerry is retiring that day, their plans are put on hold as Leslie furiously works to send Jerry off on the right note. Leslie turns to the goals Jerry originally set for himself when he was first hired. Not that ambitious, but appropriate for him, such as eating in the private city council dining room. Unfortunately, that goal and many others proved to be out of reach for various reasons. The day rolls on. Leslie becomes worried. Above all, she doesn't want Jerry to leave this job with nothing and go home to an empty life. And finally, Leslie decides that they can't name a building after him, but, but which is one of his original goals. But what they can do is name the Parks and Rec conference room after him. Apropos. And she does so with a custom plaque and cake before he says his goodbyes to everybody. Aww, love it. What will happen? Does the room naming ceremony go smoothly, or does it get jerried up somehow? Can Leslie try anything else to soften the blow of retirement for Jerry? Will we see Jerry again, or is this really goodbye? Stay tuned to find out. Dot dot dot. Nice job, Mark. As I look at my uh, my titles here, my uh, you know my alt titles, I don't know what my theme was. I think it's movie titles that are kind of real, but maybe kind of alternate versions of them. A little bit like last week with the alternate, you know, uh, song titles. Your description both confuses and intrigues me. Go on. Yeah, so my A story is called Short Notice, the Jerry, Larry, Gary, Barry, Terry story. All right. Yeah. I like it. So anyway, we'll see how this goes. All right. So I have my B story as entitled Pamphlets and Samples and Makeouts. Oh, my. Okay, I like that one. That's one of your best ones. <laughs> well, thank you, buddy. All right. The fertility clinic got the results back from Chris's tests. During Ann and Chris's next visit, they tell Chris they tell Chris that he is very healthy and that actually he can give a specimen whenever he's ready, including that day. Huh? huh? However, the concept of artificial insemination, uh, you know, it's, it's here, man. It's no longer a distant thought. And, and Chris and Ann maybe start to get hesitant and uh, decide to take a little bit of time to think things over before rushing any decisions. And Ann invites Chris over to her house so they can discuss things. And, you know, reading the pamphlets, they're put off because it's kind of uh, cold and medical and emotionless. <laughs> but this leads them to reminisce about the relationship and the good times they had and the hmm. good times they physically had. Hmm. And, uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, how will this turn out? Uh, will Chris still decide to be the sperm donor for Anne? Is there still a spark between them, physical or otherwise? If so, will they consider approaching fertility from a more natural route? 
Stick around, podcast viewers. All will be revealed, although hopefully not literally, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Did they also leave some pamphlets in the car? <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> oh, on the kitchen table. Anyway, Mark, my B story title, my alt titles uh, going on the movie themes was Baby Daddy. We have to quit meeting like this. Aww. So, yeah, you, you kind of get what that means. So my my uh, my third story, my my C story, uh, is entitled "Meet the New Jerry, Same as the Old Jerry." Nice, nice tribute to, to the, the who. who won't yeah. get fooled again. Love it. When the gang discusses the ramifications of Jerry retiring, Ron shares his philosophical theory that since nature abhors a vacuum, the office will naturally select someone to assume the role of punching bag. This makes everyone a little nervous, especially Tom, who takes every precaution to make sure that he doesn't become the new Jerry. Unfortunately, when Tom has a series of verbal flubs during a meeting, his worst nightmare comes true. Everybody piles on, giving him a new embarrassing nickname and makes fun of him nonstop. It gets so bad that out of desperation, he asks Ron to hire a new intern in the hopes that the mantle of punching bag will pass on to someone else. What will happen? What nickname does the gang give to Tom? Can Tom pass on the punching bag mantle to Ron's new intern? Are there any other solutions that can help Tom avoid this fate? Hang in there, true believers. Only time will tell, dot, dot, dot. Nice job. Well, Mark, on this final uh, storyline, my, uh, my title was The Social Network. Tommy's turn, a.k.a. Please come back, Jerry. Aww. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So, hey, uh, let's do our, uh, uh, what will we do next? Oh, yeah, the AKA. Let's do that. AKA's bait, bait. Um, This was a hard one for me to select one that I really like, but I finally settled on a sweet, stupid Andy who was sitting there, and apparently he's a master at Sudoku. And he said, let's see, let's see, one, three, seven, two, five, nine. Sudoku is, Sudoku is easy. Are, are there even rules to this game? <laughs> I got to tell you. There's, if you ignore the rules, it's pretty easy. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Mark, mine was on the, the course, the main topic of the A story. It was Ron's line. I just thought it was terrific. And, uh, you know, it, it sets up the storyline, of course, says, when one Jerry leaves, the office naturally selects a new Jerry to fill that role. Yep. So social Darwinism. Yep. So all I can say is if all it takes is a little bit of a verbal flub to get you there, I uh, thank God I don't uh, we don't play that game here. So <laughs> <laughs> I'd be in big trouble. <laughs> well, Mark, let's get into our breakdown. All right. Breaking down. Um, this is a pretty beefy uh, cold open. It it's, is. it's about two and a half minutes in size. Yeah, last and, week wasn't even like a whole minute, I don't Right, think. right. Yeah. It was a little bit under. Um, and so we start this episode on a bright and sunny morning. We're at City Hall. Ben is uh, helping Leslie in her office as she tries to get ready to enjoy a very rare day off with Ben. Hey, Harvey. Hey, buddy. Kick us off. Play, go ahead and play this first clip. Hey, I couldn't find the article about you teaching sex ed to seniors, but I did find this folder labeled Senior Sex Ed Thank You Notes. Oh, don't open that. There's pictures in there. Oh, there are pictures. There are <laughs> lots of pictures. Why would you not throw these away or incinerate them? Because uh. every memory deserves to be chronicled, even the saggy ones. Uh. I am putting together a scrapbook commemorating my first year on the city council. This year whizzed by so fast, there was so much more I wanted to do. But time is the relentless and cruel enemy of the devoted civil servant. It's actually one of the subtitles of my scrapbook. 
<laughs> Probably would have got more stuff done if I hadn't spent so much time brainstorming scrapbook titles. Ben and Leslie's day off. Let's go relax. I cannot wait for our day off, but what if we took a day on and stayed here and worked on some projects? That sounds pretty sexy, right? No, Leslie, you've worked nonstop holidays and weekends. You're just gonna take a day off. It'll be good for you. All right, you're cute. And you're right. Come on. Let's relax. Hey, April, um, I'll be gone for the next 19 and a half hours, so can you water my plants in my office? We are all out of water, actually. I'll have to use boiling hot milk. <laughs> are you really gonna do that? Yes. Well, everybody, um, wow, uh, it has been an honor and a pleasure to work with you all. The time I have spent at Parks and Rec have been the happiest days of my life here in the government. And I know everyone says it, but I sincerely hope that you know, we stay in touch. What the f is happening right now? <laughs> Today is my last day. Leslie, I'm retiring. Aww. What? Why didn't you tell us? Well, I don't want to make a big fuss. Although, gosh, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it a few times. Oh, God, they're going to fire people, aren't they? Flashbacks. Yeah, I am two years from my pension. Can you believe it? Only six months left until I retire. What? what did Jerry say? Jerry was here? <laughs> well, this is my last week. Oops, I mean, weep. Week. Ouch. Jeez. Wait, 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 wait. J just wait. Everybody wait. Okay. As much as we want this to happen, we can't let Jerry just disappear. <laughs> we have to wow. commemorate this somehow. You're right. Jerry, thank you for your service. Goodbye. Thanks, Ron. That speech means a lot. <laughs> okay, well, I am going to go and say goodbye to some other folks. Okay, see you tomorrow, Jerry. <laughs> 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 oh, sweet, stupid Andy. Yeah, yeah we got to love him. W what's happening? I don't understand. We didn't know this was coming. Well, I mean, according to the flashbacks, they did, but just ignored him. I think I've ignored him, too. I, uh, well, I do remember the first one, honestly, yeah. from two no, years ago. One. That's yeah. a real one. Yeah. The others, I, w I A month think. ago and a week ago. The week ago one, I think, is made for this episode. I'm almost positive. And then the six months one ago, I'm not sure maybe, about. Maybe they did. I'd like to think they did, that they've been kind of planning their episode arc that long. Also, I got to say. Let's get an intern on that. In, in, in term, you hear that, Harvey? Yeah, get to it, buddy. You just cranky assigned it to Constantine. Bastard. Um, yeah. yeah, I know. I know. That's the way they play <laughs> They play a whack-a-mole with do, the stuff yes. we tell. As far as Swanson speeches, yeah, that's not bad. It's heartfelt. I mean, Got Jerry all choked up. I mean, I know it's supposed to be ridiculous, but eh. Yeah. Yeah. And he, I think he meant it. So I think he did. Well, Mark, sometimes the concept of today is dif a difficult one to nail down. But in our first sequence after the cold open, that's exactly what's going to happen. We, uh, and I don't want to use nail down too literally, but um, we, we return to the C.T. Tavis Medical Building, oh, where we been have before. been before, yeah. and Chris and Ann return here to talk again, once again, I should say, to Dr. Van Dyne uh, about their fertility journey. Specifically, Chris's tests uh, have come back, and she has uh, is pleased to tell them that he is remarkably healthy, which... I mean, no big surprise there. He has the resting heart rate of a 100-year-old tortoise. He gets that a lot. Um, <laughs> however, when Dr. Van Dyne then proceeds to tell Chris that he can provide his sample that day, both Ann and Chris seem to freak out a little bit. Well, I, much like Jerry's retirement, they're caught off guard a little bit. Right. 
Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. That's our theme today, I think. I think you're right. Yeah. Mark, my resting heart rate is also the same as a 100-year-old tortoise. Uh, it doesn't work in my favor. It works great if you're already fit like Chris, though. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So that's all I'm saying. So I'm just complaining. I was told that I have the face of a 100-year-old tortoise. That's that, probably not as good. That's different. Yeah. That's different. Yeah. I'm just going to hide in my shell and wait till they leave. <laughs> Over in Leslie's office, we are about to learn that the only thing that gets her more excited than putting together the perfect scrapbook is apparently mac and cheese pizza made by Ben. Who knew? Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm hungry now. Uh, um, so uh, yeah, we're, so we're back at City Hall, and uh, we see Ben with Leslie in her office as she laments how Jerry's had 40 years with this job, more than even, and has nothing to show for it. And Leslie is worried that he's going to leave there with nothing and go home to an empty life. However, as she goes through his pathetically meager paperwork, she does see some, quote, dreams and goals that he wrote down all those years ago, like uh, meeting the mayor, getting a building named after him. And she tries to formulate a plan to make Jerry's retirement less sad than she thinks it will be. And Ben's all in and willing to help, uh, especially if it doesn't take long and they can get back to their day off because on account of the mac and cheese pizza and holy hell, that sounds good. It does sound good. Yeah. Got, got Leslie going. Well, meanwhile, out in the bullpen, we move from questionable pizza toppings to social Darwinism and learn that there is a pecking order to everything. In the bullpen, we see Tom, April, and Andy talking about how much they enjoyed making fun of Jerry and honestly uncertain what they'll do once he's gone. Who's going to fill the void? Ron chimes in with his social Darwinism theory. Specifically, every office has a Jerry, and when one Jerry leaves, nature steps in and selects a new Jerry to fill the role. <laughs> Alan, to reference a, a book series that I know we both know and love, it's sort of like they're saying that the Jerry Mantle will pass on to another recipient. Very much. Right? Yes, the mantle. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Jim Butcher. Thank you, Jim Butcher. Well, from there, Mark, we now jump over to the Fertility Clinic Specimen Center Collection Desk, uh, the CSC, mm. uh, to find that there are incentives for putting quantity above quality, uh, and things only get more awkward from there. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we're... Back at the C.T. Tavis Medical Building. I think it's the same building, right? It it's is just a different building. different yeah. place in there. Yeah, sure. uh, it's a place where you have great shame because of stuff you got to do. Um, but we learned that this is interesting to me. So we learned that, that Ann's transfer was approved. Oh, yeah. That was the thing we've been talking about for weeks. Yeah. Or not. What? Huh. And she's left field. Not, There's a lot of left field today. Just saying. Yeah, I know. There's like a, a lot of left field, and even the part of the field that should be left is not even left. It's not left. It's like yet. right field or center field or like far, far back corner, uh, shortstop <laughs> field. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I do sports, but I don't know all the you terms. Don't know, you don't know basketball. Yeah, I, know. I, do, I do. I do basketball. I don't know it. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Anne's transfer, huh, was approved. She's now apparently an employee of the county health board. Therefore, so now now it starts to follow logically a little bit. So the, if if you buy into that, which sure. okay, yeah. Chris is no longer her boss, and so therefore the whole we're having a baby together thing no longer presents a conflict of All interest. Right. I get it. Yeah. All right. We'll 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 talk more about that later. So anyway, the lab tech hands Chris the little specimen cup. cup cuppy thing mm -hmm. for the uh, uh the specimen which sounds very 
non-romantic, uh, but it's go time. <laughs> and uh, Anne and Chris are still apparently having reservations about how weird this is. And they try to talk each other through it, uh, but they fail miserably and end up grabbing some pamphlets to read later and run out of the building. Like adults. Like adults, yeah. yeah. Well, Mark, I don't know if you remember my uh, my conversation with Andrew Berlinson when we had him on the show, but uh, he and I are both familiar with these this process. And, yeah. Uh, it's, it's about as potentially humiliating as they play it out here to be. But, you right. know, unfortunately, sometimes it's necessary. Maybe not for these kids. We'll see. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Maybe. <laughs> Mark, did you notice uh, one of my favorite things here is, like I said, the whole quantity over quality thing. Well, the guy is encouraging them that if you, if you can fill up the cup the most, good, good for you. This reminds me of twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> you can get your picture on the wall. And they flash over at frame, basically five minutes and 25 seconds. Check it out. There's a picture of Harris on the wall. Oh, yeah. 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 It. Yeah, he's a Harris from winner. formerly from Animal Control. Well, he's he's no true. longer he's with fired. them, but I bet he, he's coming here more often now. No, nope, you know, income tended. Yeah, so yeah. And we know we know that uh, Sewage Joe comes here, and uh, he goes there. I yeah. thought that was that other place where he came and. Oh, you're right. That's right. They upgraded to this because they found out that's where Sewage yeah, Joe. Yes, went. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Screw that noise. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost like they turn it into a carnival, like, step right up, step right up, fill up the cup, win a prize, get your picture on the board. Extra, extra. Oh, God. Yeah. That's not right at all. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> well, back at the Parks Department in the conference room, Tom is about to find himself in the worst position possible in that pecking order we talked about earlier. And all it takes is one simple botched sentence to get you there. Mm. Back at City Hall, we see Tom. Ron, Donna, April, and Andy in the Parks and Rec conference room. Tom is giving some reports very carefully to avoid any, shall we say, Jerry-esque yes. uh, spills or flubs or embarrassments. But unfortunately, despite his best efforts, he screws up by mentioning he has two file groups, yeah. essentially, that he made, which he calls pile files or oh. uh, pilo-fibles or philo-pilos. Well, the gang picks up on this, mercilessly mocks him, and gives him, apparently, his new nickname, Philo Pilo, oh proclaiming God. they may have found the new Jerry. Tom is horrified at this, oh, realizing yeah. this is how it starts, and if he doesn't do something to stem the tide, it'll be too late. 30 years later, you'll be wearing an aquamarine sweater and listening to Bonnie Ray on his iPod. I know, I know. It's never going to work out that way. It won't, yeah. So uh, <laughs> right after Tom gets into his little rant there where he can't get out of misspeaking. Yeah. <laughs> Andy goes, that's not right. This <laughs> made me laugh so hard. It was such a silly line. as a throwaway that just his reaction's great. <laughs> and Donna says, are you broken? For Of all of them, for Andy to say that, I like, well, that's not right. That's even more <laughs> humiliating. Know. Yes. Well, in Leslie's office, Leslie and Ben, mostly Leslie, are determined to make Jerry's last day a memorable one. But unfortunately, sometimes rules are rules and we don't get to mix with the big boys and girls. Mm. We see Leslie and Ben and Jerry in her office and they're talking about all the goals that Jerry wrote down years ago. And Leslie wants to do everything she can to achieve them before he retires at the end of the day. It's a bucket list. It's it, it kind of a very, 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 very condensed bucket list. Yeah, and lame, but yes. Yeah, and lame. <laughs> so they start with, speaking of lame, 
eat in city council private dining room. So, oh. I mean, that seems innocent enough, actually. Leslie's on the city council now, sure. right? Should be easy. Uh, unfortunately, the guard at the door insists authorized personnel only, which means only city council members uh, and their affiliations with guests only allowed on Wednesdays, which this is not a Wednesday, so tough luck. So they have to make do with Leslie going in alone and putting her arm around nothing and Ben photoshopping Jerry in later. I don't know. Maybe Ben can use claymation to make it happen. Who knows? Oh, I want to see that. <laughs> I want to see claymation kind of Jerry go into the cafeteria. Oh, yeah, that'd be terrific. Yeah, the the security guard is not having it there, unfortunately. Nope. So isn't I think we'll cover this later. Isn't there a deleted scene where Leslie wants Ben to use his his Yes. irresistible uh, masculine wiles <laughs> to seduce the female uh, yes. guard. Look, that's not bad. She's going to make this day happen at any cost. Yeah. Ben. <laughs> yeah. Even if it means that her husband's got to kind of, you know, use his body, oh whatever. My God, like, no, never mind. I was going to say what body, but okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, the, the, the Batman body. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Sad Batman. as I recall, but anyway, <laughs> Well, Mark, back in the bullpen, Tom has a plan to rework the social hierarchy, but unfortunately, there's a slight flaw in his otherwise genius plan. Yeah, we're, we're at City Hall in the bullpen, and Tom isn't going to allow himself to be assigned the Jerry Mantle without a fight. Hey, Harvey, play the clip, please. Thank you, sir. One, three, seven, two, five, nine. <laughs> Sudoku is easy. Is there even rules to this game? <laughs> There's a natural successor to Jerry's sad, smelly crown. And it's not me. It's Andy. Big guy? Check. Goofy? Check. check. All I have to do is wait for a textbook Dwyer screw-up, which usually happens mm, every 20 minutes. Hey, if it isn't Philo Pilo. Oh, real creative, Donna. You expect that to catch on? Babe, the pen. Uh-oh. <laughs> Look at Andy. What? Hey, zinc all over him. Hey, Andy's the new Jerry. Oh. Game over. Awesome. <laughs> hey, I'm like a giant squid. Hey, honey, I'm Ink Dracula. No, stop. Squid Dracula, Get boy. Ink Dracula. Parking up the wrong tree, Philo. What do you mean? Andy will never be the new Jerry. Nothing embarrasses him. He's like a giant puppy with no shame. What you need is some fresh meat in the office. Mm. Or you guys could just stop making fun of me. Mm. Yeah, no. Mm. <laughs> Mark, do you do you think that Jerry has the requisite amount of shame for him to be Jerry? Based on that definition? I, I stopped to wonder about that for a second. I, I, I think that he does because when he, like, I'm going to say spill something. It's yeah. an easy example. He you hear him up, going, yeah. oh, geez. Yeah, you're right. Okay, you know, that's fair. Yeah. But I actually found this probably disproportionately fascinating yeah. because that did occur to me. Like Andy seems on paper yeah. like he would be the perfect the candidate. candidate. Sure. This is fascinating to me. It is. He's not Jerry material because he doesn't have the requisite he shame. Care. He's got no Fs. Yeah. That's that's interesting. It is very interesting. Eh, anyway. And Jerry, I think his has softened his shame over time because every once in a while he'll do something. Like, oh, he just laughs it off because, you know, it's, it's classic Jerry to him, too. Right, right. Tom's not there yet. No, no, no. No, he's far, far from there. Yeah. Well, back with Jerry, Leslie and Ben, the pursuit of Jerry's bucket list continues. And it turns out that one of Jerry's dream meetups has already kicked his own bucket. Yeah, yeah, and not a list, just the bucket. Right, just the bucket. We cut to a cemetery uh, somewhere in 
Pawnee, I'm assuming. It's the Pawnee uh, North Central Cemetery. Is that what it is? You're so good at this. Sure, you make stuff up. It's easy. Yeah. Well, one of Jerry's original goals, and I think we'd mentioned this earlier, was to meet the mayor, who at the time was Mayor Knudsen. Uh, Unfortunately, he passed away due to... um, uh, somewhat shady circumstances. <clears throat> We're going to gloss over that. Anyway, yeah. uh, so here we are at the cemetery, so Jerry can go to the mayor's gravestone and, quote, meet him. And despite how ridiculous this might seem to us, Jerry thinks this is kind of cool and actually gets butterflies as he prepares to talk to the mayor's headstone. Um, as Jerry does this, off to one side, we hear Ben plead with Leslie that, look, you tried. This is as good as we can do. Can we please call it a day? Because, we, you know, we're going to have a day to relax. This is the day we're going to spend together. Yeah. And Leslie refuses, saying, no, look, in a few short years, we're going to be visiting Jerry here. Oh. I don't know if that's exactly true. but um, and, and he will have achieved nothing. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Leslie's view of Jerry is not Leslie's, is, is not Jerry's view of Jerry, which we will soon find out. Yes, I have much more to say about this I later. you do. Yeah. Well, uh, actually, Mark, I was wrong. Is not North Central, whatever I said. Uh, yeah, that's not wrong. It's it's Pawnee's Golden Meadows is the name of this cemetery. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. All right. Harvey, mark that down. Yeah, we, note that for the future. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mark, with Operation Shift the Focus to Andy having been a failure, it's now time for Tom to implement Plan B, which is codenamed Operation Fresh Meat. Mm, delicious. So back at City Hall, we are now in Ron's office, and we see Tom enter. Ron greets him with the appropriate sobriquet, Philo Pilo. Tom pitches the idea of getting an intern to replace Jerry, you know, to pick up the slack. Ron is initially resistant, but Tom explains, look, interns are free and they're usually inept. So from Ron's perspective, it's a win-win. Strangely enough, this wins Ron over and he picks up the phone to make the call and Tom, bing, winks at the camera. Nice. Yeah. Well, we'll see how that turns out. Yep. Well, we now jump over to Ann's house where we catch up with Ann and Chris, who literally ran from the fertility clinic to Ann's house 3.1 miles away without stopping. Wow. The good news is they got a medal. Yeah. That's a 5K right there. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Have you seen time... what the medal looks like? <laughs> a pamphlet? No. <laughs> it's, 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 it's for 18 and over. <laughs> oh, okay. That yeah. medal. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we now cut to the the finish line. I mean, the home of uh, one Ann Perkins, where she and Chris are reading through some of the pamphlets that they swiped from the C.T. Tavis Medical Building. Hey, Harvey, play this clip, please. Thank you, buddy. These pamphlets are fascinating. It says here that some men gain sympathy weight when their partners get pregnant. If that happens to me, I'll be miserable, but happy, but sad. I would have never imagined the baby-making process to be this Clinical. I mean, imagine if actual sex were like this. Let me remove my clothes so we may begin to engage in physical activity to multiply our genes. <laughs> and, and it's also weird because we dated and we remember what it's like to engage in some of those physical activities. Exactly. And we were also pretty good at those physical activities. <laughs> yes, we were. Yes, we were. <laughs> Uh-oh. You know, is this all the pamphlets? Because I think that maybe I have some left in my bedroom. Oh, well then, we should definitely go look for those. Let's find those. We need to find those. Hurry. (laughs) 
They seem really excited to find those. I hope they find them. I know. They ran out of there just like they ran out of the clinic. Yeah. Yeah. Different reason. Mm. Well, Mark, further down Jerry's must-do list, it turns out that he had hoped to leave a lasting legacy with his name. And perhaps this is one Leslie can get done without him having to settle for something less. Perhaps not. So back at City Hall in the bullpen, Leslie gathers everyone together as she tries one last thing to honor Jerry before he leaves for good. His work record, of course, would never allow them to name a building after him, but she can name a room after him. So henceforth, the Parks and Rec Conference Room, which you and I have talked about many Many times, times, Alan, will henceforth be known as the Jerry Gergich Memorial Conference Room, R.I.P. Apparently, the plaque was a last-minute rush job. They made a mistake, but they didn't have time to change it because, uh, you know, all this is happening, like, now, 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 now. So, you know. Yeah. But Jerry still means rest in peace. Retire in peace. Retire in peace. There you go. <laughs> that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, Jerry still thinks this is cool. Like, I think he still appreciates this. So, finally, a cake is brought out with lit candles, and Leslie calls for a speech, and Jerry's really touched. In a final fit of Jerryness, while he's speaking... Jerry catches his jacket on fire. Of all people, Tom grabs a fire extinguisher and puts Jerry out, leaving Jerry a little shaken up but unharmed. Unfortunately, despite his fire extinguisher heroics, Tom doesn't get rid of his nickname. Jerry smiles and says his final goodbyes and leaves. Andy goes, see you tomorrow, Jeremy. (laughs) Sweet, stupid Andy. Oh, my God. I got more to say about Jeremy later. All right. Well, Mark, you know how it feels when you work really hard at something and it's still not just quite right. Well, it comes as no surprise that despite being a brand new day, Leslie is still on a mission to get it right before she will let the matter drop. Yeah. Classic. (laughs) Classic, Leslie. This is the next morning now. And I I think that you're right. I think that this didn't sit right with Leslie and what she was trying to accomplish And we see Leslie approach Jerry's house, and she knocks on the front door. And Jerry answers and just beams at Leslie, all smiles, and invites her to come in and have breakfast with the family. Leslie resists, but then Jerry's wife, Gail, joins him at the door, also beaming at Leslie, and insists that she come in and join them. Leslie even tries to claim that she's not really into breakfast foods. (laughs) You're right. But finally gives in as she steps inside the Gergich household. Well, Mark, we now bounce back to City Hall to check in on Operation Fresh Meat. And like many of the best laid plans, sometimes you forget to account for the X factor. In this case, that X factor is the hot, awesome intern. Yeah, or it can be the thing that makes normal people mutants and gives them powers. But we're not here to talk about Marvel comic stuff. No. Like we were last week. Not like last week. All right. God. So, yeah. so we're back at City Hall in the bullpen. And to your point, Alan, we see a young new face. Apparently the new intern is there, a dashing young man named Taylor. Who Donna really, 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 oh, yeah. really, really likes. Yeah, he can get some. If you know what I mean. Brown chicken, brown cow. (laughs) Anyway, Taylor went to school with April's sister, Natalie. We remember her. Oh, yeah. And and Taylor was on the football team. And Tom tries his best to make him seem like a doofus. Like, oh, you're just a typical meathead jock, huh? You know, trying to maybe uh, take a chance to pass on the Jerry mantle. Yeah, trying hard. Uh, But uh, the more they learn about Taylor, the more he seems like a really selfless, thoughtful, awesome dude. Clearly a hit with everyone. Except Tom. Oh, yeah, well... He did take a, he quit football his senior year so he could help his pastor run a homeless shelter. Oh my God. 
that and you know donna thinks he can get it so you know poor tom and even tom it still tries like oh my god this guy loves the homeless so much he should marry them right andy anybody would be lucky to marry him hey taylor do you want to marry me in april <laughs> that's devotion <laughs> he says he wishes he could but he's not a marriage dude yeah 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 he's got a lot of love to give but it just seems unfair to put boundaries on it man oh you so get Peace. it mm. Mark in City Hall, we have another one of those awkward Ann and Chris moments that we've come to love. I'll say love. But I hope we're about to get past these for good, quite honestly. I would not say love. I do not like them. But I will say <laughs> that anyway. <laughs> it, so, yeah, the way I put it is that we're in one of the hallways at City Hall, and we have, yet again, another classic Traeger Perkins awkward meeting as they walk towards each other and go... <gasps> Oh my goodness, the other is approaching me from the other direction. Now what will happen? Look, they're clearly a little embarrassed at maybe yeah. how things... Um, they must have found a lot of pamphlets. Brown chicken, brown cow the other day. Uh, and they, they try in vain to play it cool and kind of approach each other and act, you know, like, oh, everything's yeah. cool, nothing happened. But then they fumble for words and have nothing prepared to say. And then they quickly walk on in opposite directions. Okay, but this is, like, we're both done with this trope. But I will say, this is the one time I kind of get it, right? It would be awkward. If there's one time that it would be understandable, it would be this. This one, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Well, out in the courtyard, Tom is looking for a new sympathetic ear, and wouldn't you know it, the only two ears in sight both belong to Ronald Ulysses Swanson. Oh, what Ulysses. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, outside in the courtyard, Tom is sitting by himself, having lunch. He's sad. He's depressed. Ron makes the obvious mistake of walking outside. <laughs> near Tom and Tom pounces on Ron just venting to him and lamenting about how as a skinny Indian kid from South Carolina he's already spent most of his life overcoming his innate jerryness yeah uh, uh, but it seems like it was all for nothing and he's back to being a Jerry hmm. I I like this dialogue I think this aspect of Tom he kind of reveals here and you know kind of Peels back the onion a little bit. We we didn't know this about him. I found it interesting. I'll say that. I think any time that we see Tom owning a little bit of humility, mm -hmm. it helps to disarm maybe some of the vast stores of Pimpin' Tom that we've been exposed to in the past. That's a great way to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, from there, we jump over to Jerry's house, and Leslie is now going to get a chance to see exactly how sad and pathetic jerry's home life is without work to hang his hat on yep we we rejoin leslie at the gergich household and you know alan i've i've heard of dinner theater i've never heard of breakfast theater i don't know about you it's pretty rare in, in the hamptons occasionally but yeah wow hey harvey play the clip please thank you eggs bacon and toast eggs bacon and toast why don't you start your day the Gergich way with eggs, bacon, and... Come on, Leslie. Oh, me? T toast? <laughs> eggs, bacon, and toast. Eggs, bacon, and toast. Oh, baby. Why don't you start your day the Gergich way with eggs, bacon, and toast? Yeah! <laughs> she did it. Morning. But it's an extra treat because you're here to sing it with us. Oh. Thanks, guys. Um, Jerry, 
I wanted your last day at work to be special, and I feel like I let you down. No. So I made you this scrapbook with nearly four amazing pages, <laughs> oh. jam-packed with memories of your time in the government. Oh, oh my God. Oh, honey, you look great in every one of these. You are still the most handsome man in the world to me. Ugh, Mom, come on. Oh. Yeah, jeez, Mom, we're eating. I know, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Leslie, that is really sweet of you, but you don't have to worry about me. I'm great. Here, I want to show you something. Okay. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, you almost wow. dropped that clumsy. Oh. A ninja. Uh. Where am I? <laughs> I know I didn't achieve all my work goals, but Leslie, I don't care. Because for me, the best part about working at the Parks Department was that I got to be home every night with my family at 5 o'clock. And to me, that's what mattered most. Little Sebastian. Wow. Jerry, thank you for sharing this with me. I... You have a wonderful life. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Group hug! Uh oh here they are! <laughs> the hug machine is here! <laughs> vroom, 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 the hug machine! It's firing at all cylinders! <laughs> It was a very sweet moment, but it I was. think even for Leslie, it was a little bit too much. She, she kind of did the classic, oh, there's a hug pile. Yeah. I'll slip out slip from out under it and kind of sidle off to the side. What, what our viewers couldn't see there, Mark, was that as they get up from the kitchen table, Leslie accidentally knocks the coffee cup off the table. And not only does it not hit the floor, Jerry catches it, spins right. it in the air, and puts it down very, uh, you know, like, goodly. Like a ninja. Like a ninja. Yeah. Like, this is not Jerry. It's it's a different Jerry. It's it's the parallel universe Jerry. Oh, it's like Bizarro Jerry. It's Bizarro Jerry. Very Ooh. nice. The other thing of note is when, when Jerry took Leslie in the other room, said that he wanted to show her something, essentially what he's showing her is, thank you. She Basically what he's saying is, thank you for this scrapbook. It's sweet and it's very thoughtful and mm -hmm. I loved it. However, let yeah. me show you the scrapbook that matters the most. Yeah. And it's with his, him yeah. and his family and the family memories that they've built. Yeah, there are dozens of them there, in fact. So Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Yep. Well, later at City Hall, Ann and Chris seem like they are ready to have the talk to determine how they will proceed from this point on. Yeah, we, we see Ann enter Chris's office, determine that they be freaking adults and talk things out, which Chris wholeheartedly agrees to. So in a nutshell, Anne wants to figure out what this means for them, as on again, off again does not make for a great parental uh, role model. And Chris agrees. Anne also suggests that if there's a chance that they could provide a home as parents that are actually together, that could be a wonderful thing. Once again, Chris agrees, adding that the most important thing is for them to have a child. And while they should consider all possibilities, he doesn't want to jeopardize that. And then they make out. Uh, find some more pamphlets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those pamphlets are something else, man. That's that's some good reading. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, in the bullpen, it turns out that Ron must have felt something for Tom's plight. And the only question is, will he or won't he help? Yes. Back at City Hall, we see, of all things, Ron walk in with Jerry. That's weird. That is weird. Did he just retire? Ron explained, he was fired, wasn't he? No, no, he just retired. Um, Ron explains to the gang that apparently the new intern, Taylor, wasn't working out 
grumble, grumble, Donna, grumble, grumble, Donna, grumble, grumble. So Ron let him go. As a result, Ron asked Jerry to come in a few hours a week until they find a permanent replacement. And then with a knowing look to Tom, he emphasizes, Are you hearing me, son? Jerry will come in once a week and everyone will get to watch him eat and talk about anything Jerry might do or say or fart. (laughs) Finally, bing, Tom gets it and welcomes Jerry back. Jerry then promptly trips over a chair. He and the chair tumble to the floor, and we see the Jerry mantle once again settle on its previous owner. All is well. Andy goes, classic new guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark, finally we wrap up our with our kicker, and this time we drop in on Leslie and Ben. And Leslie has been clearly motivated by this close call with Jerry to examine her own relationship. We see Ben with Leslie in her office, and they're talking about the events of the last couple of days. Harvey, my good man, play us out, sir. I'm sorry that I spent your day off with Jerry instead of relaxing with you. It's all right. And after you fell asleep making Jerry's scrapbook, I went back to season one of Fringe to check for plot holes. As I suspected, airtight. Airtight. I'm sorry. This is all my fault. I I love my job, but in the blink of an eye, I'm going to be retiring, you know, and... Flying off on Marine One with you and a Secret Service detail. (laughs) Achievements are great, but I want more than that. I want what Jerry has. I mean, we're always going to work, but I think we need to fill this scrapbook too. Maybe we should take a real day off and talk about starting our family. Yeah, I mean, that sounds perfect. While you were at Jerry's, did you happen to get any information about his history with Gail? Mm. Like, was she a Russian spy and the KGB (laughs) forced her to marry Jerry as a cover? You know, it's a mystery, Ben. Let it go. Yeah, I can't. Keeps me awake at night. Hey, maybe (laughs) Gail has one of those Oliver Sacks brain disorder thingies. Like, does she think Jerry is a friendly hat? I think you solved it. Brilliant. (laughs) Nailed it. Fade to black. Fade to black. Well, nice job on the breakdown, Mark. Hey, let's take a real quick break. Uh, We'll get our notes together. We'll come back. We'll give this thing a score and send everybody home. Yep, let's do it, man. All right, we'll be right back, everybody. Hello, this is Ron Swanson. In general, I am not a fan of doctors or their fancy toys. We Swansons are a hearty bunch, and I do not like Big Brother looking over my shoulder. I like it even less, in fact, when Big Brother is looking directly into my ribcage. However, if you are in the market for an MRI, CT scan, or X-ray, then stay tuned. Pawnee Diagnostic Imaging, or PDI, has something for just about everyone. Whether you are a hypochondriac looking for yet another thing to worry about, enjoy making small talk loudly while trying to remain immobilized, or simply have an unhealthy fascination with peering inside of things, PDI is just what the doctor ordered. (laughs) That's a good one. In all seriousness, if you are truly in need of some medical grade expository, PDI is here to be of service to you and the greater Pawnee community. Now offering state-of-the-art and mostly smudge-free equipment, P 
PDI can help you understand exactly what it is that makes you tick, or possibly what it is that is preventing you from ticking to your fullest. Be sure to tell them Ron sent you and receive a free PDI refrigerator magnet. Please note this should not repeat not be used inside the MRI machine. That's right, I'm talking to you, Jerry. Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, we're back. Well, Mark, our deleted scenes this week were pretty brief. We only had about 93 seconds. I I've said generously there are five scenes. It might really be more like four. And I think like usual, um, what they cut is about right. Yeah, this is. I, I agree with what you just said. I think that this is probably one of the lowest amounts of deleted scenes that they've ever had, except maybe for those shows that had none. Yeah. I think there's maybe one other we had this season, in fact, that was right at just over a minute, in fact. But you're right. It's oh, pretty yeah. rare to have this few scenes. And, you know, there, there's a couple that are maybe worth taking a look at if you've got the DVDs. But overall, I don't think you miss much. As always, uh, fairly humorous, but I think they made the right choices. Yep, yeah, I agree with you. There's a little more picking on Tom, which is always fun when we can do that. But, yeah. You know, yeah. And... Uh, well, we get into our tropes first and fun facts then. Um, I had a little bit of everything this week. How about you? I have a lot of nothing. Oh, well, so good. I, I, I could only come up with one first, and this is based on my opinion. Okay. So I said that it's a fir for the first time, Leslie realizes what we've known for some time now. Jerry is in many ways the happiest, mm. most fortunate person on the show. That's good. I think she finally gets it. I think it took this for her to get it, but yes, she absolutely did. Um, I, I couldn't think of any others. What am I missing? I had a few. Um, I said, uh, you know, I started, I, this is a trope, weird and nicknames, right? But we get one from Chris this week. So mm. that is a first. The fallopian princess. The fallopian yeah, princess, yeah, yeah. which is weird and gross and kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll show up again in tropes here in a second, by the way. But, uh, I said, Jerry is referred to as Jeremy. By mm. Sweet Stupid Andy, of course. Yeah. And I don't think that ever happens again. But, you know, there's the whole Jerry, Gary, Larry, Barry bit, right? But, uh, Jeremy's never in there. And now I want to add it. I want to well, go I, back and I want to appeal the decision. I, I think that the other names, as silly as it may seem, actually have some basis in reality. Right. Even if it's just like, you know what, he called me that and I didn't want to correct him. That's right. Jeremy, I think, is a one-off. But still, you know what, there's a list of... Jerry names. Yeah. I, I'm okay with adding yeah. it to it. Yeah. And I thought it was a funny moment for Andy as well. Yeah. I said, and the last one I had as a first, uh, I said, this is the first truly dangerous stunt they've done. And we've heard a little bit in back in the day when they would give us director commentaries and things of that nature about the stunts and, you know, that they didn't get to do a lot of their own often. You know, I think there's a couple, one where Ron's running really hard and slides and, you know, that, that was a little dangerous, I suppose. And then him driving off the grill, um, you know, but again, I think after a certain period that's just a stunt guy so right. but they literally set jerry on fire here that is all real that really happened wow and uh when i spoke with norm uh, that he mentioned and I'll, I'll tell you a little more about that here in just a second that they took great caution around that uh, but they were glad they got to do it so interesting, interesting. Yeah. huh 
How about tropes, Mark? What'd you get this week? I had a few. Um, uh, first of all, punching bag Jerry, or well, as yeah. as I now like to call it, the Jerry mantle. That's right. Um, I also had Jig, J-I-G. Jerry's great. Because I like that. deep down, you, you get past all the BS. Yeah. Jerry's awesome. Yeah. No, and, but my opinion, but I, I think it stands. I think it stands because um, it's half my show, and I get to say. It. Um, all right, I have I have CSL. Chris says literally. Literally. I have CSAP for Chris says and Perkins. Um, I have uh, OCC overly cheerful Chris, which I don't know if I, that may not really apply. I mean, it does a little bit, but I don't think it was as much as like say last episode. Yeah, but maybe not. Um, I had uh, over the top Leslie. Uh, wanting to stop at nothing to prevent Jerry from feeling like he didn't matter, yeah. even though it was the very last day. Um, I, sweet, stupid Andy. We talked about this a little bit. Um, I had, sometimes we'll have uh, Ben as a nerd. I didn't have that, but I had something that could be considered to be tangentially related. Ben loves letters to Cleo. Oh, yeah. Because he's worn that shirt before. Yeah. I have their website up right now because of this episode. <laughs> and then finally, I had mugs to the camera, although I admit the only one that I definitively got was Tom. There could be some others. Uh, Donna, April, uh, Andy, all in the scene where Jerry's announcing his retirement. Ah. Because they're all kind of like, what? I, I missed it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Good job. Yeah. How about you? I had a few more. Um, I said, uh, Chris is the healthiest man in the world. Mm, yeah. That's we, a good one. Yep. That was definitely prominent here. Uh, of course, weird in nicknames, which we mentioned. We got the one from Chris this time. I put both Harris and Brandy Max as tropes because, you know, Harris is a bit of a trope in a way, right? The ridiculousness of him being the uh, premier sperm donor. And then if you notice the pornography disc that they give Chris to take care of business and yeah. drop a sample is a Brandy Max video. Of course it is. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be? I thought that was brilliant. So I wonder if Dong Swanson's on there. <laughs> he may be. Yeah. I think actually that is volume two. This is volume one. Ah. Yeah. That's what it was. My mistake. Yeah. You know, easy mistake to make. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's okay. Uh, Mark, how about goofs? I had no goofs. How about you? Um, I actually there were three that were on the internets, and I verified all three, and they're 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 pretty good actually. Um, there's the scene where I mean I think this is the one that's maybe the most arguable. But remember when they're trying to get Jerry his lunch in the you know the executive dining room, which again you know another thing we didn't know existed till today. Yeah. But uh, you said you know the only to do, you can't do that except on Wednesdays, no guests. But if you look in the room. There are dozens, maybe a dozen and a half people in there. There are only seven people on the council. So, okay, math that for me. I don't know if I would agree with that because I, I think that they have to add people that are tangentially related. And the truth of it is we just don't know the, the, the inner workings of the crazy, crazy council. Plus, aren't there only five on the actual council? Well, that's itself? true. Yeah. I mean, so that's, you just made my point more. Ah, but, you know. oops. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, but you're probably so, right. Yes. It's probably bah. not just city council. Because they usually have like here. a transcriber yeah. and they have like other people yeah. there. But but why not well, well, Why not any city employee then? Yeah. Where are they drawing the line? That's up against Jerry. <laughs> Which is funny. Yeah, yes. It was yeah. a little fair funny. Enough. But, but fair point. Yeah. Um, now, the other two, I definitely will, will hold up and say that, you know, in the intro scene as Jerry's holding his box of goods. Yeah. The little Indiana flag in the corner 
comes and goes like seven times. Ah, and it's definitely a little there. continuity yeah, error. E- easy to see. Mm. Uh, and then the other one, this is a little more specific, but also good. Not good, good eye for whoever caught this. The gravestone for Mayor Knudsen. <laughs> yeah, fun, sure. Fun with names. Is basically says he died in 1985. But when they hold up the Pawnee Journal, it's basically dated 1984. So it's the wrong year. Oh. So a little weird. Little, another continuity error. They make amazing props on here. So I almost hate to even say it. But, um, you know, because there's always so much detail in there. That's why it's a little weird for them not to get the detail right. Well, yeah, yeah. And it's certainly not enough to make us not enjoy the episode. Just interesting oh, yeah. to note. It's, it's barely noticeable. Right. Absolutely. How about fun facts, Mark? I've only got one here, maybe two, and then I think we're ready to get into our scores. The only fun fact I had was uh, the fact that the the current sperm donor champion was Harris yep. uh, Harris Whittles, who plays the Harris from the well, formerly of Animal Control. I don't know what he's doing now. Donating, telling you. <laughs> I guess so. Maybe that's why he's doing the it champ. well. Apparently, yeah, yeah. What'd you have? Um, basically, the, there was one that I thought was interesting. Uh, you know, you've actually already mentioned it, the, the kind of the reappearance of the letters to Cleo shirt, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, just that, that you know, they broke up in the 2000s. They did a reunion tour in 2018. And as of 2016, I think when this fun fact was written, they were, had announced they were going back into the studio. So kind of interesting. So nice. I think, believe they've actually dropped another album since this show was off the air. So Wow. Kind of cool. Yeah. Yep. And then... Uh, this, this one's a very interesting one about Indiana. Apparently, Jerry says that, you know, he had actually qualified for a pension. I'm sorry. In the episode, it's revealed that he's worked for the Parks Department for 40 years. Well, in Indiana, you get vested in a public pension after only 10 years of total service. So, therefore, not only has Jerry been eligible for a pension for three decades, but it's false that in that episode, when, or that flashback, when he says two years ago that he still needed to work two more years to qualify. So See, I don't know about that either. Because I, I, some places I know you, you have additional retirement benefits if you stay longer right. at the company. So, and, and there's full vesting versus partial vesting, too. And that was right. the point I was going to make about right. this one. Someone went to great lengths. It's an interesting point. Yeah. 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 Let's get into our score, Mark. All right. Scoring incoming. Well, Alan, this is probably not a big surprise considering the nature of this episode, but uh, my MVP is Jim O'Hare as Jerry Gergich. It 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 would be hard for me not to give it to him. Yep. Um, And I'm going to do something a little different here, Alan. I, I know that typically I go through my analysis point by point, but I was actually inspired to write something a little different for this so okay i'm intrigued so color uh, me intrigued mark well i'm color you intrigued that's kind of a mauve but you know I'll, I'll do it all right well so during this podcast we've seen certain actions like jerry being the punching bag of the office or tom being pimp and tom that when viewed in the right light are very funny but they can easily turn an ugly corner and seem annoying or hateful. And it seems like a lot of Parks and Rec fans fall along these battle lines as sure. well. Yeah. Many love how Jerry gets mercilessly uh, picked on all the time, while others want to rally to his defense, saying he's one of the nicest guys ever, he doesn't deserve it, he should be left alone. So what causes someone to be on one side of the Jerry debate or the other? I can't speak for everyone, but for me, it has to do with whether or not we're forced to see or maybe contemplate the long-term effects. Imagine a five-second mm. spot where Jerry spills soup on himself. That might be very funny. Now, 
Imagine that same scene, but have it go on for two minutes with Jerry in pain where the suit burned him, others laughing at him, him ending up sitting there sad and depressed. All of a sudden, not quite so funny anymore. I think that there have been shows like Seinfeld yeah. where they're, they are pure laugh machines. It's it's completely unsentimental, yep. so it doesn't get dragged down by any forced BS, but you're not really invested in the characters. Well, not if only you, was it unsentimental, it turned cynical by the end. If you just want to laugh, though, yeah. it's really, really I hard to that. beat Seinfeld. Agreed. But... Parks and Rec is not just about the laughs. The yeah. storylines and the interactions very smart are very smartly written, and we actually care about these characters a, a lot. Which, in my opinion, is why it's sometimes difficult to take certain punching bag Jerry moments or a certain pimp and Tom moments. If this was Seinfeld, those moments would be right at home. But here in Parks and Rec, we're spoiled, and we expect a little bit more. All this to finally say, in many ways, this episode was a love letter to our favorite punching bag, Jerry Gergich. And Alan, you and I have both said many times that Jerry is the best of them. He's one of the nicest guys ever. He has a rich and fulfilling life at home. And if any of these jokers had a clue, they'd be envious of what Jerry has. Yep. In fact, we see a little bit of karmic payback as they fret over who will be the new Jerry. Yeah. Um, this episode serves all this up in a way that not only puts a well-deserved spotlight on Jerry, but also allows some of the Gergich awesomeness to rub off on Leslie. Speaking of our favorite blonde-haired protagonist, Leslie's life has always been driven forward for one simple and central reason. Her job. This isn't to say that relationships aren't important to her. After all, who would make all these crazy custom holidays with others if she didn't care about and want to celebrate relationships? But what I would say is that Leslie stumbles across her relationships by chance as her life is driven forward by her job. Mm. When she found a true friend like Anne or a soulmate like Ben, she treasured them for yeah. sure. And she capitalized upon them being in her life. But those relationships never happened due to targeted specific actions, unlike her job. Mm. All this to say that while she clearly can't imagine her life without Anne or Ben in it, who she is has been defined for years, decades even, by her job. Her job is what originally gave her purpose, meaning, and direction. So why the heck am I going off on this tangent? Because we saw a shift in this episode. Mm. When it starts off, Leslie panics when she finds out Jerry is retiring. Why? Because from Leslie's perspective, Jerry does not have, nor did he ever have, the one thing that gave her purpose and direction from the very start, mm -hmm. a meaningful job. Yeah. It's the only yardstick that she knows. That's a good point. And, and she's afraid Jerry will retire with regrets and emptiness and misery. So how does Leslie save the day? By force feeding meaning into his <laughs> job at the very last second, hoping that it will somehow change his retirement years for the better. Leslie even goes so far as to copy what she was doing for herself and make him a scrapbook featuring his job. The tides turn, though, when Jerry calmly and patiently shows Leslie some different scrapbooks, the ones that really mean something to him. In mm. fact, the only ones that matter at all, those of his family. And he goes even farther to spell it out to her. Despite what Leslie might think, his job was actually awesome because he got to go home at 5 p.m. every night and be with his family. And for Jerry, that was straight up success, 100% across mm. the board. I like to think that this was a real revelation for Leslie. She gets tearful. She gives Jerry a big hug, tells him he has a beautiful life. 
and she really means she it. She does mean it, yeah. Maybe for the first time ever, she really, really gets it. It's in fact, we see what a huge effect this had on Leslie at the end of the episode, where yeah. she essentially trades in her job scrapbook for another one. That's right. A family scrapbook that she wants Ben to help her fill. In her own words, achievements are great, but I want more than that. I want what Jerry has. Or, in the immortal words of Obi-Wan Kenobi, <laughs> you've taken your first step into a larger world. Yeah. Well, die tribe over. All right. <laughs> so hopefully that didn't feel like too much of a rant. But No, uh, I, I, you made some really interesting points in there. I did. I'm awesome. You are um, awesome. I, I did have a couple small nitpicks. Uh, well, sure. It wouldn't be an episode if you didn't. <laughs> uh, I didn't think it was the best use of the comedic bench. I, I will say that. It, it, it felt like April and Andy and Donna and Ron, like, all of them were barely there. I mean, they they had scenes. It was okay, yep. but but not not their yep. best showing for for sure. Yep, I got a note on that too. Yep. Um, the Anne Chris thing. It, I mean, it's kind of a mixed bag. I like this approach better mm -hmm. than before. It mm -hmm. seems like they glossed over some major plot points, mm -hmm. and, and I think you had said this in the last few mm -hmm. episodes, Alan. Mm -hmm. These plot points are not only important. Had they handled them differently? They could have been really interesting and worth diving into from a story perspective. Yeah. Um, so, okay, enough of that. On to the crazy Mark rubric. All right, I'm going to give this sucker a 4.5 base score. The majority of this episode was a long overdue love letter to Jerry. What's not to love? I, I thought the end Chris storyline was okay, but even it had some decent moments. But yeah. but mainly the, the bulk of that 4.5 is for the Jerryness of it. Mm -hmm. I love it, love it, love it. One point for my episode MVP, Jim O'Hare as Jerry Gergich. I'm going to give half point for a nice list of guest stars. you got Christy Brinkley as Gail Gergich, Sarah Wright as Millicent Gergich, Katie Gill as Gladys Gergich, uh, Melia Beth Johnson as Miriam Gergich, uh, Emily Spivey as Dr. Van Dyne, and uh, Ryan Dorsey as intern Taylor Mitch. <laughs> I'm going to give half point for what I call the support combo. I thought Leslie and Tom both did decent jobs in their respective storylines. So tip of the hat, half point for that. I'm going to give one point for the B story in its entirety. Like while definitely the weak link of the episode, the Chris and storyline still had some great moments by Chris and Ann individually as well as yeah, together. That's true. I'm going to give half a point for what I call the love letter slash karmic payback combo. Establishing that Jerry is ridiculously happy at home and going to be okay. Plus giving those clowns at work, especially Tom, some payback for all the PBJ action they threw at Jerry all those years. And I'm going to give one final full point for something I've done before, the bookend combo. I thought it was a great cold open yeah, with Jerry surprising them all with his retirement. Plus, I thought it was a great final scene where Leslie talks with Ben about wanting what Jerry has. So you add up all those points and you come up with 9.0 little Sebastians. I think... This is almost a continuing theme for me, Alan. I think the technical score for this episode, once again, is is I would score it lower than than the 9.0 that I gave it. But at the end of the day, in simple terms, this episode just really, really worked for me. I love that they spotlighted Jerry, and it was really touching. I thought it meant a lot. Not a 10 by any stretch. Sure. But I... I have no shame giving in a 9.0. So Mark's official score, 9.0 Little Sebastians. Scuba rocked. Over to you, buddy. Nice job. I loved your diatribe, actually. I thought you made some really excellent points in there and some thoughtful 
commentary on this show in general. I mean, especially this episode, but the arc that's been building and, you know, uh, comeuppance in a way, right? I mean, because yes. this has been building to this for a while. We did have Jerry Day just a short while ago, right? With the Christmas episode, I think it was, where they, you know, they normally take the money from all the Jerryisms they put in the jar. And oh, yeah. Gonna go, and the, then the, I think it's Donna's kind of the heart of that scene where she's like, you know what? This is this sucks. We're 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 bad people. Let's let's go to Jerry's house, right? So that was the first time that they ever really kind of acknowledged that they could have been nicer to Jerry. This is a better, deeper, more heartfelt version of that, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I definitely agree with you there for sure. Um, I think again, like our we our episode last week, we have these balance issues where we get kind of an awkward use of the bench. And we got even more people on the sidelines this week because there's so much focus on the the A story. Did you feel that way too? I did, but it didn't bother me. Like, Mm -hmm. I think sometimes you make those sacrifices for good reasons. Sometimes it's maybe poor planning or poor execution on the script or whatever. I don't think that was true here though. I really don't. I liked the script. I thought it was a good one. I, I, my nitpicks are probably similar to yours. Uh, like the, I, even with the Jerry thing, what he's retiring, I which know. I guess if they had built up to it properly where we didn't feel that way, then they wouldn't have had the hook for this episode. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to like ding them for that because it made it work. Yeah. Um, but I will say for Ann and Chris, like we had gone from, not only is Chris going to be sperm donor, but he's going to be co-parent mm-hmm. like that. No, mm-hmm. no conversation. To now, let's let's go find the pamphlets and do this the natural way versus the <laughs> clinical way. And there's not even a deleted scene to support that transition in thought. And I know that there were, we're supposed to believe it happened naturally in that conversation. And I think, based on not having written more material. The actors and the script that's there did a really good job with that. Yeah, I'd agree. It felt very natural. I would agree. I think you and I are both kind of, we like a little more build up to that though. Yeah. So I think we both felt that was missing. But again, it's it's hard to be too critical because there's a lot more I like about the episode than what I didn't like generally. I, I think going forward from this point, yeah. I will be hopefully much less critical about the Ann Chris thing. I think getting to this point, I wish that they had given us a little bit more sure. runway. Yeah, I think so. Well, I remember back thinking about like the Brandanowitz days and some of those other relationship arcs. And th- I had more problems with those, I think, because um, they just drug on and on and on. And then the Tom and Ann thing, which we were both kind of over pretty quickly. Right. It showed up for more episodes than I would have cared for. Here, I think, again, they missed an opportunity to maybe make that, one, feel more organic, but to find, like, those moments that are really touching, like these Jerry moments were in this episode, they could have made us feel even more deeply connected to the Ann Chris relationship in the way that we are with the Ben Leslie relationship. Mm-hmm. I think they missed that opportunity. That's yeah, all. I A do little too. bit. But, again, I'm not stealing too many points away. So, overall, I did like the episode a lot. I also gave this nine little Sebastians. Um, I did want to mention a little bit of some of Norm's feedback because I thought it was relevant here as well and pretty interesting. 
So as we said at the top of the show, this is Norm's last official episode. He right. co-wrote this with Aisha Marar. And uh, he said it was great to work with her. He really likes, her, you know, thinks she's a great writer. And he was pleased to get a chance to kind of as he's headed out the door to do that. And he also said that he liked working with Nicole Hall Center because he really likes her work. So he just remembered it being a fun shoot week. And, and he said that, you know, it, it's... It's also interesting to write a script where you're going to do something like having one of the primary characters catch fire. Mm -hmm. Like they weren't sure they were going to get to do it, but you know, the producers, the cast, the crew were all a little worried about it. But they took great care to get it done and uh, in the end they 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 were really pleased with it. So I thought that was very interesting. Um, he says also interesting too that and they were glad one aspect of this episode they really liked was they don't always get to go beyond the office, right? And into the home. So here we are, we've been at Jerry's house once before and we got a sense of Gail, um, but now he's got all of his daughters there and you get to see that, you know, Jerry is the king of his castle. Right. And I think it is, it's really kind of helps create the dichotomy against what's in Leslie's mind about what is pathetic home life must be because she sees his work life as being also pathetic compared to him, you know, based on him achieving goals, based on her perception of what a goals he should be achieving because of the goals she wants to achieve for herself. And, and it's the only yardstick she knows. It is the only yardstick. So she knows. far. So far. And again, I, I think you had a good, a good point in making a shift here in her mentality about that. Um, he also said that it was interesting to go into an, a concept like retirement Right. Because there, there's the worry that that person's going to get less screen time in the future. They're going to kind of go away. And I know that was kind of what led to your 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 um, depression at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> what would we call it? Um, yeah. That um, I think we had the same worry. But they said that they thought it was good because, you know, in a world like this, people do retire. Yeah. And they wanted to see what kind of comedic and thoughtful moments they could have based on pursuing that storyline. And I think we've hit well on that today. So. Um, as far as Norm himself, he said this is about the time where uh, Dan Gore came to him and said, hey, we'd like you to come over to Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Ah, so gotcha. that's why he leaves at the end of season five. He said it was a tough choice for him for sure because he did enjoy writing, uh, you know, all the episodes of Parks and Rec that he was able to do. So he said it was a very tough decision. But, you know, I think he was living, uh, working in L.A. and living in Vancouver. So this Brooklyn Nine-Nine gig got him the ability to maybe spend a little more time at home and do a little, you know, more remote, remote working, you know, before COVID. So right. kind of cool. So good for him. Yeah, spend a little bit more time at home. Life imitates art. Absolutely. Mm. So I, I really appreciate Norm, you know, in general and uh, the work he's done on the show. And then again, how kind he was to us. So I just wanted to say that again. Oh, that's really cool. I always enjoy when Norm responds to any inquiries we have. Um, and sh that, that's some nice detail there. Yeah, that's a good point. One last thing he said was, at the start of a new show, you're kind of building up to things. And then you establish this rhythm. And he kind of made a demarcation point from season three on saying, after hmm. that, because that's the upward ramp. And I think we even said that back in season three. Like, we fell into that groove, that comfortable groove. And it's one of the reasons that those episodes were so good and we liked them so much. And I think we still think season three, I, I mean, I think I can speak for both of us, that it's still one of the best seasons for sure, right? He says beyond season three, you know, it gets harder to find new things and, you know, not leaning on the things that have gotten you here 
and finding new ways to present them. So I just thought that's interesting insight from a writer's perspective about yeah. the challenge of keeping it fresh, keeping it funny, and keeping it, you know, in, in the case of Parks and Rec, because they do, heartfelt. I That makes a lot of sense. Although I, I will say, uh, not that our scoring is the definitive, you know, no. end-all, be-all, but I have a suspicion. Except my scoring, then it's correct. <laughs> I have a suspicion that once we get through season five, yeah. I want to have our, our no good Nick uh, interns uh, do some mathematical some tab- stats, some yeah. tabulation. I'm curious to see how season five compares to season three. My suspicion, it's going to score better, believe it or not. I'm, I'm curious about that because I think it's one of the, the problem with the math is the, 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 the thing on the bottom, the, uh, the numerator, the there? denominator. The, oh yeah. That one. Yeah. 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 yeah see, uh, that, that was more of an English guy. <laughs> that <laughs> denominator for season five is quite a bit bigger than the denominator for, for season three, just totally more episodes. So that, that can do interesting things to averages. That's all I'll say. That's true. I'll leave the good math to you, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, fair enough. Yeah. Well, hey, Mark, nice job today. I I really, like you, I enjoyed this episode a lot. I'm really looking forward to our next episode, which is, of course, season five, episode 21, Swing Vote. Swing Vote. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Things are about to get interesting for the Leslie political career here. Yep. For sure. It's been a while since we dove really deeply into that. Yeah. And we, we did actually, that was a topic earlier in the season where we kind of visit things, go away from them, come back to them. And we're about to do that with the whole uh, political uh, storyline for sure. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, looking forward to that. And thank everybody for listening. Go out, check us out on the social medias, please. Go out to Apple Podcasts and rate and review us. We would love that. We would really appreciate it, in fact. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us. Well, Mark, uh, with the deleted scenes... (laughs) I'm sorry. No, it's fine. You are cracking me up, dude. All right. You can do it. We're at the the patronizing stage now. Good. Aren't you trying your hardest? Shut up. Speaking of new Jerry, good Lord, it's going to happen. (laughs) 